welcome to Church Alive. Our mission is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the message. Thank you guys. You guys may be seated. Hey, before I go into a lot of my message, I just want to say thank you to our church. Um, a lot of you would know that this past Sunday, last Sunday, um, my husband Anthony lost his dad. And um, yeah, it's been a, you know, uh, we've been navigating through that this week. And so um, what I have to say and, and what he has to say too is we are just stunned by the love that we're receiving um, by the body of Christ. And so um, for every email, for every text, um, man, I walked in on Thursday and my living room and my kitchen was full of like fruit baskets and, and flowers. I was like, wow, I have enough fruit to last me like the next year. <laughs> it's going to go bad though if I don't eat it all. So, um, but yeah, I just want to say thank you for loving us. Thank you uh, for loving us, not just in the good times, but in the hard times. And that is what the body of Christ is all about. So we love you and we thank you um, for, for all the encouraging words that we've received. But um, today, the title of my message is, Are You Breathing Good Air? Are you breathing good air? Has anyone ever been in a place where you just took a deep breath and you're like, oh, you know, it's just like smelly or stifling, where you almost feel like you can't breathe well. It's almost this like stifling air. It's like you can't like, ugh, it's like get out of here, get me to a really cool place or something. You know, on the weather app, sometimes it'll tell you if the weather is currently under poor air quality. Anyone ever see that notification on your phone, poor air quality? And it says check your elderly and check those with issues with respiratory. Well, I don't have respiratory issues and I'm not elderly no jokes. I'm not elderly, okay? I'm 38 and feeling fabulous, all right? But I do have issues, actually. I'm not even kidding you. As soon as um, the air gets a bit humid, um, I think it had to do with when I was 15, I had a heat stroke. I passed out at a Christian concert in Ocean Grove one time. And um, since then, whenever it's really humid, I actually uh, can actually pass out. It's actually a little bit dangerous, so pray for me and think about me on those days. Um, but yes, stifling air. There's there's something about getting out of your car, inhaling this weird humidity, this poor air quality that really does something unhealthy to your lungs, unhealthy to your breath, right? To, well, not your breath, to how you breathe. Breath is a different story. Get some gum, get some Altoids, whatever you need to do to take care of your breath. All right. Morning breath, Lord have mercy. Um, but but this past Monday, my husband and I went to do a little stroll in Hoboken. Didn't last very long. So as soon as I walked out of my car and I took a deep breath, I was like, oh, I'm not going to, I literally thought I was going to pass out. I was like, I can't be in this air. I cannot be outside. So we went into this little coffee shop. As soon as we walked in, literally from the moment I took a step out from the outside into the inside, immediately it's like my well-being got better. It was almost like I could breathe again. And isn't it interesting that sometimes one step out of a wrong environment into a good environment can change the way you breathe? Isn't it funny how sometimes the stress of life, the pressures of life, sometimes making decisions, there's so many different things that as adults, kids, when you get there, you'll understand, we have big hurdles sometimes. We have the pressures of life. And, and it's not one to be taken lightly. Sometimes we go through 
through pretty serious thing and things and tragic things and so forth. And, and it could feel like we can barely breathe. It can almost feel like, like almost like a panic attack, like someone's sitting on your chest. But today what I want to talk to you about is what happens when we understand the power of praise and thanksgiving. When, when you learn what it means to step into the presence of God with praise and thanksgiving, it can take you from one bad step into one good atmosphere, into one bad atmosphere, one bad air quality, into one good air quality. So that's what I want to talk about. We're going to read Psalm 100 verse 4. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. How often we read this scripture and it's so easy to forget the simplicity sometimes, right? Of, of coming before God with thanksgiving and coming before God with praise. You know, in this moment right now in our church, I have to say there are so many amazing things happening. Like in January when we launched Dominate, right now as a pastor of this church, as I look at our congregation and I think through the stories of the breakthrough, of the provision, I am so proud of what is happening in this house with people. God is doing something powerful. And you might be thinking, Pastor Miriam, nothing's happened for me for me yet. The year is not over. God is not finished with you yet. God has a song for your lips. God has something to do. If you let him touch your story, he can redeem your outcome. Right now in this house, we have people who bought their dream houses. We have people who bought their first houses. We have people who got new jobs, promotions, new relationships, engagements. Some people just got married. Danny and Christy got married last week, coming home from their honeymoon, I think, today. Other people having babies, new jobs, starting businesses, becoming like becoming who they've always dreamt to be, getting their masters, saying no to alcohol, saying no to drugs. Listen to this one. Saying no to other women who are not their wives. Saying no to other men who are not their husbands. You might be like, what? Yes, that is good. Good things are happening in the house of God, and that is worthy of a praise party. But can I encourage you along this one thought? The very thing sometimes that we are waiting for, like, man, I'm waiting for that dream house. I'm waiting for that spouse. I'm waiting for that breakthrough, that new business. So often, the very thing we've been praying for, when we receive it, if we're not careful to bring praise for that journey, the very thing which we thought would bring us joy will eventually feel like a burden. Right? Oh, I bought my dream house. Oh my gosh, the mortgage payment just came in. Oh my gosh, I got my dream job. Oh my gosh, I'm working 80 hours a week. Oh my gosh, the baby, I haven't slept in 10 years. Oh my gosh, my relationship, I actually have to call her. Oh my God. And we're like, wait a second, I thought that's what you were hoping for. I thought that's what you were wishing for, right? You know what happens? We forget to bring praise for the journey. We forget to bring thanksgiving for the journey. You need it in your everyday step. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Not just sometimes, every time. Not just when things are hard, when things are good. Praise the Lord. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Because if not, the very thing that is supposed to be good, we will look at it eventually and be like, that was not what I thought it would be. 
We know we should praise. We know we should be thankful and grateful. But I wonder if sometimes we know a lot, but we don't always do what we know to do. Not too long ago, I was telling my husband this story. I couldn't sleep at night. Someone had, I'm going to sound like a child, someone hurt my feelings. <laughs> like they actually did. And um, it was probably more than that. I think, I don't know, it was just a random moment with someone that I'm not even really close to. And I was surprised I allowed it to really hurt me. And I went to bed that night. I think I was telling Pastor Katie about this not too long ago. And I just couldn't sleep. And I couldn't sleep. And then finally, I don't know if it was me, but I think it was the Holy Spirit because he's there to remind us of the word of God. That's one of his aspects. He's there to remind us. I literally felt like the Holy Spirit say to me, just forgive her. And I was like, oh, duh. Like I've like preached about that. Like why am I sitting here in offense when I'm preaching to live unoffendable, when I'm preaching to live in love and I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh, Miriam, don't just know what to do. Do it. And in that moment, I promise you before God, in that moment, I'm laying there in bed and I said, Father, I forgive her. Like, give her mercy so she can see what an idiot she's being. No, just kidding. <laughs> just joking. No, seriously, I did not do that. But I said, Lord, would you help me forgive her? Within five minutes, I was asleep. This was like 3.30 in the morning. I was wide because I'm sitting there thinking like, I should have said this. I should have said, you know, when you kind of like do things over in your head, I went fast asleep. And I was like, I woke up and I was like, you're so silly, Miriam. You know exactly what to do sometimes and just do it. Recently, I've even been thinking about some of the worries I've had, some of the things and the concerns. And, and look, we're all human. And I have this little black frame in my house that says, worry less, pray more. That's a great little quote, right? It's a great Instagram quote, a lot of good likes on that one, but do we do it, right? Do we do it? Do we actually worry less and pray more? Or do we worry more and pray less? Praise and thanksgiving. You know, the devil hates to see a man and woman stepping into the presence of God with praise because he's working really hard to convince you that you have nothing to praise God about. You're going to be like, Pastor Miriam, you don't know my marriage. I'm so sorry if you have a hard marriage. I pray that you get help, but I'm telling you there is something you can give praise to God about because it is in praise that something gets unlocked in your spirit. It is in praise that you receive the power of God. It is in praise that you receive the joy of the Holy Spirit and you are made complete. It is in the presence of God. He will fight you. He will tell you there's nothing to be thankful for. But there's so much that he is doing in you. The devil is working hard to hold you captive to the pain of your past, to the pain of your mistakes, the should have, should have beens, the could have beens. And he'd love to hold you captive there and anchor you there. Instead, though, you need to praise your way out of that chokehold. You need to praise yourself out of that chokehold. You see, the enemy wants to keep you in the chokehold. Shelly does this to my son, Ben. It's like awesome, but don't, actually, I shouldn't say that, but it's awesome. She's eight years old. She has my very strong son in a, in a chokehold, and he has to tap out, and she doesn't understand what tapping out is, so she's still holding on to him, and he's like, I'm tapping out, and she's like, what? What does that mean? I don't know what that means, and Anthony's like, let him go, Shelly. <laughs> let him go. <laughs> but that's what the enemy does to us. But you see, 
when we start praying and we start praising and we go into the presence of God because we know that in the presence of God there is fullness of joy, then he has to let you go of that chokehold. He can't let you stay anchored in the pain of your past. Praise your way through. He wants to keep you captive to the poor air quality of stress and worry. Come on, guys. We know, we know, be anxious for nothing, but we're always anxious for something. We know, don't fear. We know he's with us. We know so much of the truth and the goodness and the joy of God's word, yet we're always freaking out, right? We're always like, I'll be the first one to tell you. And I've been so convicted of this this week. I had a different message planned out, a completely different message. And I was like, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise you. There is so much to celebrate. There is so much good. God is doing a work in people. God is restoring. Demons are fleeing. Demons are fleeing. What the heck is she talking about? Don't worry about it. People are being set free. Because of praise. Because of celebrating God's goodness. You need to tell the devil today, I praise because God can turn my morning into dancing. I praise because his mercies are new every morning. I praise although I may have messed up once before, he's picked me up. I praise because he is my shepherd and I shall not want. I praise because he is the peace that surpasses all understanding. I praise because although I may not understand everything, he has given me a portion of faith so that I can get up, rise up, and be strong and believe and declare I may not understand it all but God sits on the throne you know why I praise because in my 38 young years I've learned this one thing and I've been leading now for a little over a decade but before that I led a, a university I didn't use the, well that's a prophetic word just kidding I don't want that I've led about 80 girls at a university and leading 80 girls at a university when they're in their 20s is not a lot of fun but one of the things I've learned is how real Romans 8:28 is how real Romans 8:28 is how real God will work all things together for good. You see, sometimes we think because the enemy put a period there, it's over. My God is greater to delete that period and put a comma and say, I'm not finished with your story. Praise me in the season. Praise me in the hardship. Let me tell you, I have seen countless times, countless times, what the enemy intended for harm. God put his hands on it. Once I surrendered it, once I said, God, I don't know what the devil tried to do with me in this one, but I give you the pain. I give you the disappointment. I give you the failure. I give you the story. Put your hand, put your glory, put your touch on it every single time. And I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating. I've always, always seen the provision of God. Always seen somehow he makes a way that I did not think there would be a way. 
But you see, his ways are bigger than my ways. His thoughts are bigger than our thoughts. Sometimes we want all the answers. Sometimes we don't understand and we're like, God, I want to know everything. And God's like, if you are going to know everything, then you don't need faith and you don't need to trust me. If I want to tell you everything, then you might as well be God yourself. God doesn't want acquaintances. He wants sons and daughters. God redeems our outcome. Just praise him through the desert. Praise him. Anthony said last week, and it was so powerful, you determine the length of your wilderness. I'm in a dry season. Why are you praying? Are you worshiping? Are you praising? If not, then worship him harder. Praise him harder. Seek him harder. Your wilderness is determined by you. By me. Every time I've gone through a dry season, I've had to look back and be like, I did not put as much. I should have prayed harder. I should have whatever, you know, not, not in a condemnation thing, not in a control thing, but in a, if you're desperate to get out, then fight to get out. The presence of God is the power of God. And because his spirit lives in you, you have access to his presence anytime you want to enter. If you feel weak and you enter the presence of God with praise and thanksgiving, you can leave that presence with some strength. Put on a praise party, go in the presence of God, and leave with some hope. Go put on a praise party, get into the presence of God, and leave with some strength. Leave with clarity. Leave with love. You always know someone's been spending time with Jesus by how they love people. Because if you're spending time with God, then you just fill up on him and he's love. Some of you, perhaps it's your first time in church or the Christian faith is new to you. So maybe you're confused about this whole like, but I thought God is everywhere. What does this mean? Enter the presence of God kind of thing. There's, let me explain it because it could be complicated if you don't understand. The omnipresence of God means he's everywhere, which is encouraging to us because it means we can access him anytime, any place. The manifest presence of God is when he makes himself, his character, his attributes known to you. What is his character? What are his attributes? Their peace, their love, their hope, their strength, their courage. If you need a dosage of that, you go and you see the presence of God. You come in, Lord, I come in right now thanking you for your goodness, thanking you that although I don't know what's going on, I trust you. God, I come in right now. That's how you praise him when you come in. God, I don't understand what's happening, but I trust you and I love you and I worship you because you've made it work before. You'll do it again. You are faithful. Your mercies are new every morning. He is good. Come on. Praise unlocks the presence of God. Praise unlocks the joy of the Lord. Some of us, you know, are, are worship listeners. I'm a worship listener. I, I do, I'm more of a worship listener. I like, you know, in my car or in my office, I'm just like, oh, Jesus, woe is me. You know, like, come break me, mold me. And, you know, I kind of do that thing. But sometimes we need to put on some praise music. We need to be like, hallelujah, God is still on the throne. Praise God. He's a good God. So often we get too much on one side of worship and we need both. We need a celebration. We need a party. If you study the Bible and you see what it says about praise, 
place. It's a party. It is like loud cymbals. It is people dancing and shouting. And unfortunately, Anthony doesn't like this. It's tambourines. It's all this kind of stuff. You know, sometimes people try to come to church with tambourines. Anthony's like, nah, we can't do that. Usher, security, somebody help somebody. <laughs> you know, he's like, nah, that's not happening. <laughs> he just had a really bad experience a long time ago. We're going to pray for him after service and believe. I love you, baby. <laughs> but praise is a party. It's a celebration. There is a moment of worship where it should be intimate, where it should be just you and the Lord, a time of surrender, a time of like, God, here I am, mold me and make me. You are the potter, I'm the clay. But there's a time where you need to stop that and you need to celebrate the goodness of God. You need to celebrate what he's doing, what he's done, how far you've come. But I don't feel like I've come far. Brother, because you haven't been looking in the mirror, I could tell you how far you've come. Sometimes you need to tell, ask somebody else to tell you, have I come anywhere? And they might have to faith it till you make it. But uh, we don't lie, but we encourage, we speak life. We call the things that are not as though they are, right? Right, right? <laughs> Amen. You know, a few months ago, this is a funny story. When we moved into this place, we started getting a lot of calls like, oh, you're moving into town. What kind of church are you? What kind of denomination? And one person in particular, an older lady, I believe she was in her 70s. She comes to our church, I believe, either called us or emailed us. She does come to our church, actually, yes. And she said, I want to know what kind of music you guys have. And I was like, oh, no, she's going to, like, hate us because we don't have hymns and we're loud and we're fun, we're amazing and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I said to Caitlin, I said, sweetheart, just tell her we're a contemporary church with a band, but we have earplugs, so we're good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she's like, oh, you know, so she told her, she's like, honey, I don't need earplugs. The louder, the better. I want to praise with the young people who know how to praise. I was like, somebody needs to teach somebody how to praise somebody. <laughs> I was like, we need to teach some people that praising should be loud. Praising should be fun. It should be exciting. Now, sometimes I have ear problems because of how loud sometimes it can be. But the louder, the better. The louder the symbols are, the better. The louder the music is, the better. Because Satan needs to know that we serve a living God. We serve the King of Kings. Praise should be a party. And you could be like, well, Pastor Miriam, I'm more of the introvert, quiet type. I don't like loud things. Well, maybe that's why sometimes people think you're maybe a little bit miserable. You know what I'm saying? I love you. But maybe you need to, like, practice screaming in your car. Maybe not in your car. People might think you're crazy. Maybe go in your room when no one's home, make sure no one's home, and just be like, You know, like, oh, that feels good. And it's not because you're mad at anybody. It's because it feels good to serve a living God. Have fun. Have fun. Praise him. He's worthy. He is worthy. But um, I get it. And some of you might be going through a hard season. Then praise him all the more. Confuse the devil. He should be like, what? 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 What's she doing? Like, what? exactly Satan in your face I'm gonna worship I'm gonna exalt the king of kings I'm gonna I don't care come hell or high water stay in the house and praise the king of kings praise him praise him you need praise in the journey because you need joy for the journey the difference between one man and one woman who's had the same tragic past that one can have joy and one can't is whether they enter the presence of God with praise or not. I think about my mother-in-law. 
Bev, so many of us love her and know her. I don't know many people with such a hard past as hers. But I don't know many people with so much joy like hers. And you could be like, how do you have so much joy? How are you like happy? You should be like angry and in therapy and, and all this kind of stuff. And her response is, I spend time with Jesus. I get my fill from the fountain of life. I get love from the fountain of life. I get hope. I get peace. I get laughter. Laughter is good for the soul. Watch YouTube funny videos. Good laughter. <laughs> Especially the kid ones. We shouldn't laugh at it, but it's really funny. <laughs> you need praise in the journey because you need joy for the journey. Psalm 16, 11 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Praise unlocks the presence of God. And the presence of God unlocks the power of God. What is the power of God? It's the power to go from mourning to dancing. It is the power to go from fear to faith. It's the power to go from pain to purpose. It is the power to go from anxiety to peace, anger to joy, weakness to strength. The power to go from a hard, hard heart, did I say that right? A heart of stone to a soft and humble heart. I want to give you three really quick tips. I hate using the word tips, but three points. There you go. Um, I should have smiled for that one. <laughs> that was like the perfect timing, Gigi. <laughs> I should have like had a sip of water during that time. Okay. <laughs> three points on how to praise. Number one, make sure your praise is authentic. What does that mean? John 4, 23 says, but the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. We praise first because of who God is, not just what he can do. So often we flip it. We only praise after he's done something, but he's already done it all. And so sometimes we, we come in with the wrong heart attitude. So if your praise is not authentic, it's not unlocking anything. So often we think, well, if I just kind of say this, then it's going to unlock the power of God. But if it's not authentic, you ain't doing anything. You need authentic praise. We praise because of who he is. And if you don't know who God is, I invite you to know this amazing God who, although things in life may be hard sometimes, he's given us his spirit called the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to guide us, to convict us. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Conviction and condemnation are two separate things. One leads us to shame. One leads us to victory. Conviction leads us to freedom. Condemnation leads us to shame. And the Holy Spirit is our greatest gift. And when we worship and when we praise, it should be from authenticity. Number two, you make sure that praise is a lifestyle. I need to make sure that praise is my lifestyle. Yesterday, we were on our way to my brother's house and our whole family, minus Ben, he was with my sister. And as we were driving, we were stopped at the stoplight right here, actually, by the Exxon. And as I looked to the side, I was like... Oh, that lady is so cute. Like, like a 50-something-year-old lady. She just had this pleasant smile on her face for no reason. Like, there wasn't, like, no music, like, jamming out of the car. You know, sometimes, you know, there's those loud. But none of that was going on. No, no mm, mm, nothing like that. It was just, like, she literally had her hand. She's, like, a little bit older. She's, like, 
I was like, she's so cute. I was like, you know, I bet you she knows the Lord. And then watch what happened, right? This is hilarious. 10 seconds later, the light turns green and someone comes and almost crashes into her. Anthony's like, see if she's smiling now. She was. She totally was. She was like, I was like, she totally knows Jesus. She understands the fruit of the spirit. She's got love, joy, peace, patience, long suffering, self-control. What a woman. I want to be more like her. How cute. She was awesome. Make sure your praise is a lifestyle. You can praise anywhere. You can praise him in the shower. You can praise him when you're working on your spreadsheet, Ed. You can praise him wherever you are. You can bring joy into the journey because you're praising him. But, but make sure that your praise isn't just passing moments. Although praise should be a lifestyle and it should be attached to all we do, moments here and there, there has to be moments where your praise party becomes a worship experience, just you and the Lord. Number three is make sure your praise is not a courtesy phrase. Make sure your praise is not a, we just say it because, well, that's what we say. God, you are faithful because the worship pastor told me to say that. Or God, you're this because Pastor Anthony said to say that. And we're just like robotic. It's a courtesy phrase. We just do it because that's what people said. But you haven't had your own revelation of God's goodness because you haven't spent time long enough to have that encounter. Will God show up to you in a burning bush every time? No. Can you imagine how many burning trees you would have in the world if every time God showed up it was in a burning bush experience? I'm like, Lord, mercy, we need more firefighters up in here. You know what I'm saying? No, he appears to us through his presence. He appears to us when we should be in shambles. Somehow we're walking out in faith with our head lifted high. When when we should be completely devastated, somehow we've got the joy of the Lord and no one understands it. Because we've had a revelation of his goodness. And you only get those type of revelations when you're face to face before God. Hurry is the enemy of intimacy, both with God and with people. And just slow down and enjoy his presence. Enjoy even the presence of the people in your life. Look, I don't know everyone's situation in here, and I'll have Steph come back up. Actually, I'll have the whole band come back up. For some of you, this message may be hard because maybe life happened and some bad news and painful moments and, and stuff is going on. And you might be saying, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how I feel. How can I praise I'm sorry for your pain. I truly am. But I'll tell you what I do know. I know that the word of God tells us in John 16, 33, that in this world, you're going to have trials. That our issues, our pain, our, our heartbreak, our tragedies, they don't disprove God's goodness. He confirmed that that would happen. But he said, but be of good cheer. In other words, have joy. I've overcome the world. And he doesn't stop there. He, he sends his Holy Spirit. So the moment you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes alive with you. And now you have your own comforter. You have your own guide. You have your own person that comes. The Lord Jesus Christ himself, God the Father, comes. And he comforts you. It's like I said, we don't wait till something good happens to praise him. We praise him because he's God. So Again, this message isn't to rub people the wrong way if you're going through a hard time. This message is to encourage you that despite the hard time you're going through, God wants to carry you. 
and comfort you. Breathe good air, the breath of the Holy Spirit. Don't let the devil steal your shout. Don't let him steal your party. Don't let him steal the joy that is set before you in the presence of God. Earlier in my message, I mentioned how I don't breathe well on those days with the, you know, poor air quality. But just one step out of that bad environment into the healthy air enabled me to breathe again. I want to invite some people in here who've never taken that one step out of perhaps the bad environment you're in. A place without faith, a place without hope, a place without joy, a place without love. Maybe you need more love in your life because maybe you're just being a jerk to your wife. I don't know. But God can redeem the jerkness. God can redeem anything if you give it to him and encounter his presence. It's just one step out of living your life your way and one step into living the life that Jesus Christ died to give you. Jesus in his goodness, in his mercy, he came to earth, he died a brutal death, rose again so that we could have the kind of life he died to give us. Not perfect, but redeemed. Not a bed of roses, but with peace. So why don't we stand to our feet? all across this room. If you say, hey, today, I, I want to come to Jesus. I want to place my faith in Jesus. I want the forgiveness of sins. I want, I want to access the presence of God so that I can bring it on this journey called life. I want that. So then all across this room, just going to slip up your hand just so that I can see it, and we're going to pray together. So every eye closed, every head bowed. If that's you, yep, hands are already going up. Wow, awesome. Yep, I see those hands, that whole row right there, over there. Anybody else? Hands all across this room. If anyone else wants to put their faith in Jesus right now, if anyone wants to say, hey, I see that hand right there. If anyone else wants to say, hey, I, I just need to do it God's way. My way is not working. Frank Sinatra was wrong about doing it his way. I want to do it God's way. So we're going to pray together right now. What this prayer does, it's not necessarily the prayer that saves you. It's the person of Jesus Christ, but he invites you in. So pray with me today, all of us together. Jesus, I receive the life you lived and accept your forgiveness of my sins. Today, I repent from living my own way. And today, I want to live the life you have for me. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that will come alive in me. I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we're going to close church different today. If you raise your hand as you exit the sanctuary on your right-hand side of our Next Steps counter, we have a gift for you, our Next Steps book. No, our Following Jesus book. And you can just grab this. It's a gift. It's free for you so that you know how to do your next steps. But most importantly, your next step is come back next time. If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.